0: I was probably about six years old when my dad decided the time had come to ride my two-wheel bike without training wheels. I did not think I was ready, but he unbolted the training wheels and took them off the bike, so I didn't really have a choice. As we set off down the block, my dad was holding on to the back of the bike seat. I had serious doubts about riding my bike without training wheels, but my dad, kept reassuring me. At one point I said, whatever you do, don't let go. Well, my dad didn't answer. So I stopped and turned around expecting to see him right behind me. But he was back by the house. I'd ridden a whole block by myself. Matthew's Gospel ends in chapter 28 with the Great Commission, go therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Right at the beginning of today's gospel, we are told the 11 disciples went to Galilee. There are only 11 disciples. One of the 12, Judas, betrayed Jesus and afterward went out and hanged himself. So the disciples are incomplete because of betrayal and suicide maybe it's not such a great idea to entrust the Great Commission to this group of eleven. The eleven disciples that do arrive in Galilee would seem to agree. Matthew writes in verse 17, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. The word some is missing in the Greek, so the text more accurately reads they worshipped and doubted. Isn't that more likely how we experience God? With both faith and doubt? I had doubts that I was ready to ride my bike without training wheels, even as I found myself doing it. The Great Commission then, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, is given to all eleven, the believers and the doubters. This is not the first time that Jesus sent the disciples out on mission. In chapter 10, verse 5 of Matthew's gospel, Jesus summoned the twelve and sent them out with these instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The disciples are early in formation. They still need training wheels. Do not go to the Gentiles, or to say it in another way, do not go to the nations. What was forbidden in chapter 10 is now commanded in chapter 28. What the church once saw as completely outside their mission, they now see as essential to their mission. What has changed? After his death, resurrection, and ascension, Jesus was able to be with us in a new way by sending his spirit upon us. At the Last Supper table in John's Gospel, Jesus talks about going away, and the disciples are understandably upset. But Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it's better for you that I go. wouldn't we rather have him with us, as he was with Martha, Mary, and Lazarus in their home, or with the disciples in the boat, or even right here at the Last Supper table? Well, Jesus answers that question. Immediately after saying it's better for them that he goes, his next words are, for if I do not go, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. As we heard last Sunday, Jesus had said that he would not leave us orphans and he is true to his promise. Prior to his death, resurrection and ascension, Jesus was limited by time and space. If he was in Capernaum, that's where he was, not in Nazareth. If he was in Bethsaida, that's where he was, not Cana. When he sent out his 72 disciples on mission, two by two, he was unable to go with them because he couldn't be in all those places at the same time. In his ascension, Christ no longer limits himself in time and space. In the distance created by the ascension, the Holy Spirit enters and reconfigures the relationship of Christ to the Church. What began in the Lord's resurrection is now ready to burst forth and flood the world through the work of the disciples. Pope Francis used the Great Commission in today's Gospel as the scriptural basis for his apostolic exhortation, The Joy of the Gospel. An apostolic exhortation is like my dad encouraging me to ditch the training wheels. Pope Francis challenges us. Let us try a little harder to take the first step and to become involved. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. The Lord gets involved, and he involves his own as he kneels to wash their feet. He tells his disciples, you will be blessed. If you do this, an evangelizing community gets involved by word and deed in people's daily lives. It bridges distances. It's willing to abase itself if necessary, and it embraces human life touching the suffering flesh of Christ in others. Evangelizers thus take on the smell of the sheep, and the sheep are willing to hear their voice. Hope goes on, I dream of a missionary option, that is, a missionary impulse capable of transforming everything so that the church's customs, ways of doing things, times and schedules, language and structures can be suitably channeled for the evangelization of today's world rather than for her own self preservation. The pastoral activity of a mission oriented church. Comes more inclusive and open, inviting everyone to friendship with Jesus himself. And we do not go forth alone. We have this promise from Jesus. Remember, I am with you always. We heard this before. In the very beginning of Matthew's Gospel. Behold, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us.